You know, and I did hear that uh, Stacey Abrams recently played the role of president on the new Star Trek series. We got to make sure that's the closest Stacey Abrams ever gets to holding that title. I think she was president of Earth. And it starts- the following is brought to you by Will Harris, Dustin Campbell, Daily Tech News Show, Andy Beach, Nick Wood, and Craig. Hello and welcome everybody to The Road in Georgia. It's your old pal, Justin Robert Young, here on the trail as we come to the end of our spring primary season. I am at a, uh, I'm dropping my phone. Uh, uh, I am at a Starbucks in, uh, where am I? Hiram, Georgia. Uh, This is in uh, uh, the, the exurbs, I would say. I mean, we, we still might be bordering on uh, suburbs here in Paulding County. So I've spent the majority of my time in Midtown Atlanta, which is obviously a very, very different vibe. Uh, uh, just to give you a sense of the difference in between Midtown Atlanta and uh, Hiram, Georgia uh, in Paulding County. Not only do you have the difference of uh, uh, the the counties themselves, the county that I was staying in, I believe, was a Biden plus 10 county in 2020. Paulding, meanwhile, as I talked to you from uh, a rental car <laughs> next to a Starbucks, was a Trump plus 39. And the distance that I traveled to get here was about 40 minutes. That is Georgia politics. You're not really moving a whole lot of miles to get a whole lot further down the ideological spectrum. But just to give you a sense of it, make it a little bit more uh, evocative. As I was walking to a bar last night, I came across a man who was wearing running shorts, a rainbow headband, and rainbow wristbands, and was uh, carrying a massive flag. Like, I mean, one of the the, the kinds of flags that people run out uh, on, on the football stadiums with, where, where each one has one letter of, of, of the uh, uh, college's name or something like that, like you know, T-E-X-A-S, something like that. Massive flag. As I got closer, I found out that the flag was for Stacey Abrams, who also is nominally in a primary race tomorrow, although she will face very little damage. But there we go. That was a get out the vote uh, uh, for this man who, uh, oh, I'm leaving out running shorts, rainbow headband, rainbow uh, wristbands and one pierced nipple, one pierced nipple. So, you know, I want to be very, very clear uh, and in my reporting. Uh, smash cut to where I was but a few minutes ago as I got lunch here in Paulding County at a bar where you can still smoke. And there was an argument amongst the uh, uh, lunchtime patrons 
of the uh, Hiram Station. Shout out to Hiram Station. A delicious sandwich and a lovely salad. But there, no lie, at about 2 o'clock local time was a conversation, nay argument, amongst the regular patrons on who was hotter, Raquel Welch or Farrah Fawcett. Now, if that doesn't tell you everything you need to know about the demographics and tenor of conversation between Midtown Atlanta and Hiram, Georgia, then I don't know what does. This episode of the program will be divided up into a few different chunks. We, uh, I'm going to empty kind of my notebook of, of things that I have found here in this first block. We are then going to go to a, a, a more contemplative look at exactly how close David Perdue, who is in all likelihood going to eat a massive loss at the end of this, uh, uh, how much he uh, was very close to not having to worry about any of this. He's going to have two massive national embarrassments on his record in uh, the last two years. And when you look at it, boy, was he close to not looking at any of this. He just would have been a senator. We will also bring you to uh, the defining rally of this primary. That is Brian Kemp and Mike Pence tonight. We'll be heading out there and we will cover the vibes there at that rally. But first, let me go ahead and empty my notes here that I've been jotting down. First things first, uh, uh, looking at the national television, or not the national, the local television ad buys. Atlanta is the dominant market. Again, you don't have to go very far to to get into Paulding County, which is a very heavy Trump county in, in 2020. So that means that everybody shares the same media market. Or largely, they they share the same media market, and I've you know had uh, the, the the local television on for big events like the Heat and Celtics basketball game on Saturday for daytime television, like uh, the View and Kelly Clarkson, which is what I was watching today because you got to see who's who's buying ads. First off, Raphael Warnock again, not part. Particularly in a massive primary, he is going to skate to uh, his party's nomination. But, and we've highlighted this before, we, we highlighted Raphael Warnock doing an ad where he was solely talking about insulin and didn't mention which party he was in and didn't mention Joe Biden and didn't mention the Democrats in general or really even being in the Senate. Well, there was another one. This one, he talked about electrifying buses. So this is meat and potatoes uh, 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 retail politics. Look at what I did for you. Let's focus on, on, on me doing things for you when I got to the Senate, which I think is by and large pretty smart. If Raphael Warnock loses, I don't think it'll necessarily be because he is a bad candidate. I will think it's because he's in a fairly, he's in a very purple state 
that might be trending redder in this particular election. Here is another one. Oh, Stacey Abrams. Obviously, the uh, uh, I, I expect later in this podcast we will be hearing from uh, Brian Kemp talking a lot about Stacey Abrams and very, very, very little about David Perdue. In fact, I will give you a little uh, a prediction. Stacey Abrams at an event yesterday said that uh, uh, Georgia is the worst place to live. It was a part of a larger context. This is a classic bit of of a political quote being taken out of context. I expect that Brian Kemp will have a line about that uh, during this particular event. However, Stacey Abrams has an ad out now wherein there are testimonials of professionals in the entertainment industry thanking Stacey Abrams for saving the tax credits that go to Hollywood and therefore their jobs. I'm going to have to see a lot more of the Stacey Abrams campaign. But I got to wonder, who's saying that that's a good idea? Who's saying let's tie ourselves closer to Hollywood in a possible culture war election that that's a good idea, that rank and file Georgia voters, the persuadable independent voters that are, you know, they're not wild about uh, Brian Kemp. They're they're probably a little bit more worried about abortion. Uh, But do you think that they're swayed by the fact that they're going to be able to shoot Morbius 2 here? That that's a priority? Even if they know people that work in that industry. I don't know. Doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Somebody else that I'm seeing a lot of ads for is Marcus Flowers. Now, you might not know his name right now, but you will almost assuredly know his name as we move closer to the the general because he's running against Marjorie Taylor Greene. And he's a handsome dude, wears a cowboy hat. So uh, I, I, I can just envision he's going to get the big you know, uh, uh, pod save America boost and people are going to give them a sh- S ton of money because they hate Marjorie Taylor green. And he's, he's going to have like a Beto effect kind of thing. I don't think he's going to win. Uh, uh, Marjorie Taylor green's district encompasses a lot of districts like this one. In fact, I'm not sure exactly whether or not I'm sitting in Marjorie Taylor green's district, but I know it's not far from here. So, He's he's got a lot of uh, got one slick ad where he is announcing himself to people. So uh, take that for what you will. Okay. While Brian Kemp is going to uh, uh, just absolutely dog walk David Perdue, in my opinion, and and I'll do my 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 full predictions at the end. But you know, I don't think that that by the polling is is really much of a spoiler. The crazy thing that may or may not happen is the election of Brad Raffensperger. Brad Raffensperger, when we last left Georgia politics, was a main character because he was is the Secretary of State of Georgia, was the Secretary of State during the 2020 election, 
And to be totally honest, I think that the reason that Brian Kemp has drawn the ire of Donald Trump is largely stemmed from the fact that he will not discipline or fire or put pressure on Brad Raffensperger. He Raffensperger is kind of the 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 root of all Trump ire in this state. And yet right now this looks close, but Raffensperger by polling looks to be somebody that may or may not beat his Trump-endorsed challenger, Jody Heiss. So, sitting at the bar on Sunday, I'm talking to these fine folks, and uh, the wife, who's not political, says, oh my God, I actually got two robocalls about that race. I say, oh, indeed, what, what were they? She says that the first was from Brad Raffensperger. Brad, Brad Raffensperger said, uh, hi, I'm Brad Raffensperger. You should vote for me. I'm, I'm a solid Republican that blah, 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 blah. Oh, I did see a Raffensperger television ad uh, wherein you would think he was running as the Trump-endorsed candidate. Uh, he's effectively running on the fact that both he and Kemp pushed uh, the the voting law that Joe Biden then said was... Uh, you know, Jim Crow 2.0. But he gets one, uh, uh, this this woman gets one robocall from Raffensperger. And robocalls in general are, are short because people know that as soon as you hear a robot talking or, or, or a recording talking, you're probably not going to stay on the phone long. So you got to front load it. You got to say, hi, I'm name. I'm running in blank race. Uh, I would very much uh, appreciate your support and then get into whatever. Well, then she got another robocall. And this one she described as lengthy, lengthy. The way she described it was four minutes in length, which is an eternity in, 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 in the world of robocalling. It begins with Big Chungus himself, Donald Trump, who is explaining that Brad Raffensperger is a rhino and he is, uh, uh, you know, he cost the election and he sold out his country and blah, 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 blah. And that you should vote for Jody Heiss. Then, with the hot tag off the top rope, comes in Marjorie Taylor Greene. Marjorie Taylor Greene, who is not a member of Georgia state politics. She is a national representative for her district in Georgia. She comes in and explains how Brad Raffensperger is a pile of garbage and that he needs to be voted out and you need to vote for Jody Heiss. Unheard in this marathon robocall is Jody Heiss. <laughs> the guy who's actually running. Oh, I found that funny. Uh, uh, also, one last thing, uh, another ad that I saw, Brian Kemp, who uh, will in all likelihood be the, uh, the, the, the man who will have dispatched David Perdue. Uh, he has an ad 
where he's bragging about how, you know, basically he's running on his, his pandemic record saying that they kept Georgia open and that, uh, you know, he didn't back down to pressure in the, in, in the ad, he gets a phone call from Dr. Fauci because they set up Fauci saying that it's too early for Georgia to open up. He gets a call from Dr. Fauci and casually looks at it and very, very casually sends it to voicemail. (laughs) Oh, which I don't know why that tickled me. Okay. Let's get the big breakdown on this Purdue versus Kemp race and indeed look at the ruination of David Purdue. Let me tell you a story about a man called David Purdue. See, less than two years ago, David was a senator who had just beat his hapless competitor on election night, but fell just shy of the line to win outright without a runoff. That meant that even though he beat this guy, he didn't beat him by enough. And so now they had to have a one-on-one election. This is David Perdue this week, introducing Sarah Palin. It's always this warm here, and the weather's always this good, so uh, thank you for being here, Governor. Uh, I'm going to ask her to say a few words in a minute, but let me just make a couple comments. I'll be very brief. This is a race between people and politicians. I'm an outsider. I had a 40-year business career. I ran for the United States Senate in 14 to help change the direction of the country, and thanks to Donald Trump, we did that. We saw how they failed. The Democrat platform has failed repeatedly. They cut our military. They ruined our economy. They sent us down the wrong road. And now we see the bad... If you were not politically savvy, you'd be excused in thinking that this is a sitting senator pitching in to help the comeback attempt of a one-time GOP headliner. But the reality is, Purdue isn't a senator. He's a private citizen. Because after that election night that we started this story with, nothing has gone right for him. This is the story of a man who fell out of the tree of political safety and hit every branch on the way down. Some of it is his fault, some not, but the result is just the same. Meanwhile, as a counterweight, a man whose political future looked absolutely imperiled, if not doomed, now is poised to score the biggest victory of his career all taking advantage of the ruination of David Perdue. that was critical of me was Stacey Abrams, saying we opened too soon and that she wouldn't have done that. She did the same thing when our kids started going back in the classroom when we were the first state or one of the first states in the country to do that. That is the voice of Brian Kemp. He's the sitting governor of Georgia. Trump administration, and it still says it now in the Biden administration, our kids can be in the classroom. We know firsthand our daughter just finished teaching. He's headed to a rematch of a general election with Stacey Abrams this fall, one that he already won four years ago. That's why he's talking so much about her in that clip. But what's notable is that the sound isn't from that phase of the election. 
It's from before primary day, which makes it odd that Kemp isn't talking about the man who he's currently running against, David Perdue. Little backstory. Perdue and Kemp are both members of the Georgia GOP elite and were for the majority of their careers. But everything changed that fateful election day in 2020 that I began this story with. Specifically, Joe Biden winning an extraordinarily close election, in part because of his win in Georgia. This created a massive rift between the center of the GOP universe, the 45th president of the United States, Donald Trump, and the Georgia GOP vanguard, who Trump now blamed for his loss. More on that in a second. Let's take another look at what could have saved Purdue from all of this. 623 right now. Let's take a look at the U.S. Senate race here in Georgia, also being closely watched by the nation. This could be headed for a runoff as Republican incumbent Senator David Purdue is now below that 50% mark. By the way, this is how close that David Perdue came from avoiding everything we're talking about in terms of his race with John Ossoff. Ossoff notched 47.9% of the vote, and Perdue, despite the fact that he spent the majority of the evening above 50%, Perdue fell to 49.7% of the vote. A minuscule, minuscule difference of only a few tens of thousands of votes, which in a election where nearly 5 million votes were cast is a eyelash. Had Purdue gained that final 0.3%, none of what happened next would have affected him. But that didn't happen. He did go to a runoff with John Ossoff. And in the meantime, Donald Trump only exacerbated his feud with the Georgia GOP elite. No, we do have a way, but I don't want to get into it. Have we found a way in other states, leader? Excuse me. But we don't need it because we're only down 11,000 votes, so we don't even need it. I personally think they're corrupt as hell. But we don't need that because all we have to do, Slater, is find 11,000 plus votes. So we don't need that. That's Trump making a call to Brad Raffensperger, then the Secretary of State, who's also running in this election. With control of the Senate in the balance, Purdue couldn't rely on the star power of the current governor to turn his voters out again. And Donald Trump was doing active voter suppression against the Republican electorate by explicitly saying MAGA voters shouldn't trust the voting process. I was at that final rally of the runoff featuring Trump in Dalton, Georgia. There was a great crowd there, but let me just say, amongst the people, and specifically amongst the speakers, there was not a ton of talk about how important it was for Republicans to retain the Senate. There was a lot of conversation about how Donald Trump had been robbed of the election. What happened in November? Yeah, yeah. I'm hoping there's less corruption. Uh, A lot of Republicans think that they cast a vote. It gets changed anyway. So they're trying to give up. I think some of them are just like, why bother voting? Oh, and Purdue got COVID in the final week and couldn't campaign. 
like I said, this man hit every branch on the way down. So from that moment, when he's 0.3% away to another six years as senator, to out of the Senate by the hand of John laughing my ass off. Somebody that was looked at as a lightweight going into it. Because indeed, after all that went down, the Republicans lost both of those Senate seats. So what do you do after all that? It's a bit of a whirlwind. According to the New York Times, Purdue took some time to himself. The former executive from Dollar General bought some land on St. Simon's Island in the southeast corner of the state. And at that point, had to contemplate and make a few decisions. Should he try to run for the other Senate seat that was lost that night? The one that used to be held by Kelly Loeffler and now is inhabited by Reverend Raphael Warnock. No, that wasn't for him. He declined and Herschel Walker became the Trump favored nominee and will almost certainly challenge Warnock after they both clear their primaries on Tuesday. But according to the New York Times, there's one person who really wanted Purdue to run for another office. We quote now from the Times in September 2021. Former Senator David Perdue was hemming and hawing about running for governor of Georgia. Over dinner with an old friend on Sea Island, he pulled out his iPhone and showed the list of calls he'd gotten from Donald J. Trump, lobbying him to take the plunge. He said Trump called him all the time, said Martha Zoller, a former aide to Perdue who now hosts a talk radio show in Gainesville, Georgia. He showed me his phone with multiple recent calls and said they were for the president. And so, at the urging of Big Chungus, Purdue took the plunge. The race to be Georgia's next governor is now intensifying today. 11 Alive has learned that former Republican U.S. Senator David Purdue will challenge current Governor Brian Kemp for the 2022 Republican nomination. Well, today, 11 Alive's Doug Richards confirmed Purdue's plans to run. This allegedly came after he had already told his friend Brian Kemp that he was not going to challenge him in the primary. To make matters worse, Purdue's Trump-infused candidacy is essentially a referendum on Kemp's incompetence, with the 2020 election being the cake topper. As we've chronicled on this podcast, Purdue's candidacy initially didn't look like a terrible bet. Kemp was embattled. Stacey Abrams had just announced her candidacy on the Democratic side, and Purdue's pitch was simple. MAGA won't go for Kemp. So just pick this known quantity instead. The first Fox 5 insider poll taken after Purdue's announcement put he and Kemp in a dead tie. So as I record this, and the most recent polling has Purdue down anywhere between 32 and 35 points with Brian Kemp above the runoff uh, warding away 50% line. The question has to be asked, what the hell happened? How do you go from tied with the most popular man in the party at your back to facing a humiliation like the one that Purdue is eyeballing. Well, 
after spending a little bit of time here and doing a lot more research, I've come to a few conclusions. Here's the first. A lot of people, but probably nobody more than Donald Trump, really underestimated Brian Kemp. The more I dig into it, the, the more it's clear that Brian Kemp turned every knob and lever in his disposal to make short work of David Perdue. Even if Perdue were a more capable or energetic campaigner, there were things taken off the board by Kemp that not even somebody more talented or rich or magical <laughs> could overcome. Kemp signed a new election security bill to shore up the accusations that he was too lax in 2020. The Democrats immediately did, did their best to help him sell that bill to Republicans by screaming that it was Jim Crow 2.0. Kemp in instituted a gas tax holiday, which is currently still in effect in Georgia. And by the way, we'll run through the primaries. Kemp announced a new $5.5 billion Hyundai plant in rural Georgia. And then there are some of the real Machiavellian moves that I think are fairly impressive. Kemp put Sonny Perdue, a popular former governor and David's cousin, in charge of state universities and therefore out of the political picture for this campaign. Trump uh, Kemp also went out of his way to show that the Georgia boys would have their way locally. Dare to challenge the Brian Kemp? Feel the consequences, which is exactly what happened to Purdue supporter Randy Evans, whose son found out that the congressional district he was planning to run in had just been redrawn. And that redrawing just so happened to exclude the young Evans's house. The young Evans had to buy a new house and move before he was officially able to announce his candidacy. So with all that, what did Purdue do to counter? Well, not a whole hell of a lot. Despite being the recipient of over $2 million from the Trump political organization, he is, as we currently stand, out of money. I don't have original Purdue sound for you for this episode because aside from an event he held early Saturday morning, Purdue isn't on the road before Election Day. And at that event, he has been making his bones on the fact that he's not going to lose by 30. That's his goal. His goal is, like John Ossoff's, to keep Kemp under 50%, surely hoping that another series of political earthquakes will possibly doom Kemp like they doomed him. Meanwhile, Trump, according to some press reports, but not Trump himself, has washed his hands of David Perdue. Donald Trump will not be in Georgia before Tuesday. And the event that Trump did do with David Perdue in March... Well, since then, Purdue's only lost further ground in the polls. My thought with this race from the beginning was that Purdue's win condition would be using the 2020 election as a jumping off point to prove Kemp was either incompetent or unelectable against the super scary Abrams. 
Well, Abrams has kind of done a little bit to dissuade some of the electability argument because she's become a lot less scary as the landscape for this 2022 midterm election shapes up. One in which it looks like very famous Democrats might not fare very well. And indeed, both Purdue and Kemp are polling above her right now. But here's the biggest thing. Purdue couldn't find another gear to attack Kemp with. He's still out on the stump in his final appearances before Election Day, saying that Kemp is unelectable, which seems to fly in the face of the fact that Kemp continues to grow and grow and grow in the polls. That would seemingly indicate that the man is pretty electable, especially when he's going to deliver a big old butt whip into Purdue. One more thing. It's very telling that as I record this right now, a gas tax holiday means more to Georgia Republicans than the results of the 2020 election. Which brings us to Brian Camp. Is Kemp just a savvy incumbent outfoxing a hapless challenger? Or is this something else? Is this another example of the Trumpless America First Right? Hyperlocal, fighting spirit, but either absent support or actively ignoring attacks from Trump. Is this another strand? of the Glenn Youngkin playbook we saw succeed in Virginia. Well, that's the kind of thing that we're going to be able to tell more when we cover the Brian Kemp event with Mike Pence on Monday. Pence himself is looking to take that brand national. Is Kemp a blueprint? Or maybe Kemp wants to take his own show on the road and will join Pence in a run for the nomination. Unlike Greg Abbott in Texas and Ron DeSantis in Florida, Kemp would be the only governor who could say he can win without the capricious support of 45. There is nobody else in the media that does what we do here on this show. And when I say we, I mean me and you. Uh, the people listening to this right now, nobody else supports. I mean, well, here, look, there are plenty of people who get a lot of support for uh, their shows via the internet. And, and plenty, trust me, that do a lot better than I do. But that's where I come in. And as far as I'm concerned, the way that we're going to spend that money is to give you guys something that nobody else gives you. That's going out on the road and covering these events as much as we can. During uh, uh, just the last six months alone, we have gone to Virginia, Ohio, Pennsylvania, and now Georgia. Each and every one of these trips effectively erases the amount of money that I would have made on that episode, if not much, much more. And and can, now that I'm actually kind of doing the math in my head, much, much more than that. But I'll never stop. I'll never stop because you guys don't stop supporting it when I do. 
And I'll never stop because I honestly believe this stuff matters. I honestly believe that amongst all the hyperbole, all the sturm und drang of the, the campaign, when everybody's just cribbing off the same notes, everybody is, 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 you know, looking at the same source material and then they're just inventing reasons why they're going to dress it up. But I go out there and I watch these people. I see the crowds. I see the campaigns. I feel like I bring a different perspective to things. If you agree with me, then continue to support this show at TakePoliticsSeriously.com. This is also a great opportunity for you to share this uh, episode with folks who you know might enjoy it who either enjoy on-the-ground journalism, who enjoy the more produced elements like we did on this episode. But share and support. That's all I've ever asked of you guys. Oh, and every once in a while, leave a review. But, like, other than that, share and support. Those are the things to do. So TakePoliticsSeriously.com, $3 level gets you the bonus episodes. And, of course, share this wherever you can. Thank you. We are here at the Kemp Pence rally about a half hour from listed showtime. We'll know that those things tend to slide in the world of political events. Uh, But I would make the argument that there are roughly 50 people here. Uh, I'll I'll say that this is not in the most intuitive spot (laughs) when it comes to... Uh, uh, parking, but it is artfully lit here as Kemp pulls his campaign into the station. This is the worst place in America to live. For the record, this is the second Actually, reference that they have under made to the this. leadership of the current governor. We opened before everybody else during COVID. So, for the record, Stacey Abrams said. We got one of the lowest unemployment rates in the nation. Last, uh, at an event last night, that uh, when people said that Georgia is the best place, it's actually the worst place. She had larger context, but anyway, that was what it was. Schools and given parents more options for their children. And he's added tens of thousands of jobs to Georgia's economy. An oblique reference, uh, sideswiping DeSantis, saying uh, the guy South got his economy going. The greatest state to live in, Brian Kelly. After Georgia, and here we go. They are not screwing around. Brian Kemp out before Mike Pence. Commission is doing as well. They are a big part in helping us be the number one state in the country for business, and I appreciate 
my friend and just a great servant, uh, John King, who I've gotten to know so well, even before I appointed him, uh, he was doing tremendous work for our state and just honored to have them be part of the program. But we are especially honored tonight to have my friend Mike Pence with us. Damn. Pence crowd. I'm going to talk about that in just a little bit. And everybody's already referenced this breaking news out there from a few days ago when Stacey Abrams was talking to some left-wing activists in Gwinnett County about how she was tired of hearing about Georgia being the number one state in the country for business and that we're the worst state to live in. Well, I don't know about y'all, but I'm glad we're the number one state in the country for business. And Marty and the girls and I know that we are the best state in the country to live, work, and raise our families in. And that is why we're in a fight. That is why we're in a fight for the soul of our state. And that's why this family has been getting up every single day to make sure that Stacey Abrams is not going to be our governor or the next president. Or the next president. Wow. And if you think about what we have been through these last two years, I'm so proud to be the governor of the greatest state in the country. I'm proud to be leading us in serving a humbled servant during, especially these last two years during COVID. People ask me all the time, what is your most proudest accomplishment? For the record, what do you three feel like mentions of Stacey Abrams, zero references to said, David Perdue, the person that he's running against. Is that I'm the governor of a state of resilient people. People that, people that have that is so how you hard, lead as a front so hard in the toughest times that people my age and certainly most people living in this state now have ever seen in a lot of ways with the global pandemic. And when I ran for office in 2018, I made two simple promises. Number one is that I would put you first. I would put Georgians first ahead of the status quo, the politically correct, and do the right thing. The second thing was I would do the right thing. And I would implement the policies and procedures that I campaigned on, even when no one was watching. And that is what we have done. And that's why I reopened the economy when I did after not shutting down most of it to start with. And even though we caught unmerciful grief from the national media, health pundits that were getting paid to sit in their basement when, winning, when many Georgians weren't, people in high places, and Stacey Abrams saying we moved too early, she wouldn't have done that. Well, I wasn't listening to them. I was listening to you. I was listening to the barbers and the cosmetologists and the waitresses and the restaurant owners that said, we can't go another day. We, we, can't, last, we can't last another week. And we did the same thing, the same thing, when we started pushing to be one of the first states in the country to get our kids back in the classroom. Because you know what? The data in the Trump administration and the data in the Biden administration, it's the same data. It says our kids can be in the classroom. Doesn't say it's easy. Doesn't say it won't be hard and we may not have to fight through problems, but we work with our educators and our superintendents and our school boards 
to get them the tools that they needed to be able to open. And then we stood behind them when they did, even when they were getting criticized. And Stacey Abrams criticized that decision too. She did the same thing on mask mandates and vaccine mandates. Even when the rules didn't apply to her when Abrams she went references. to a school that had a mask mandate. But you know, it matters who your governor is. And I think Georgians and Americans realize that now more than ever. Because you literally could look around the country. You had one person that could decide and control your life. Whether you could go to work. Whether your kids could be in the classroom. There were states around the country you could go gamble in a casino, but you couldn't go to your place of worship. Well, we never closed churches in Georgia. While I'm governor, we never will. That's the decision. Fairly compelling, anti-authoritative. And the people making those decisions with a evangelical taking twist those liberties there. and freedoms away from you and from other Americans. They're the same bunch that thought defunding the police was a good idea. Now, but at the same the time they were doing that, we were passing legislation to keep rogue local governments from doing that. So let's give it up for our men and women in law enforcement. We are going we are going to continue to stand with them and behind them, and we are going to continue to do a solemn duty that's in our Constitution, and that is the safety of our citizens. We have stood up and took the fight to street gangs and street racers, and we're going to continue to do that as long as I'm Street racers. I could go on and on about all the great things that we've been doing with some great members. Of, if there's members of the General Assembly, would you just raise your hand? Let us thank you for an incredible legislative session. Fellow constitutional officers that are here, we have got a great team in our state. And despite 40-year high Biden inflation, we're helping offset that to our fellow citizens to fight through it, sending a billion dollars of their taxpayers back to you all. Suspending the gas tax. We have the lowest fuel prices in the country right now because of those actions, and they're still way too high. But fulfilling our promises, just like the heartbeat bill when Hollywood tried to cancel us, just like when the national media and Stacey Abrams and other people Six. complained about us reopening the state. And they did the same thing when we passed the strongest elections integrity act in the country. Woke corporate CEOs, this is probably going to be the closest he comes to talking the about the so 2020 election Biden or Purdue. And the vice president in Major League Baseball. Their big problem was they didn't read the bill. But they're reading it now because we're having record turnout in our state. And even when they pulled the all-star game from us, I did not waver. As I told you I would, and I will not in the future. And thankfully, the Braves gave us poetic justice when they won the World Series. Eating potatoes right there. So that is why we're here. That is why we're in the fight for the soul of our state. We cannot take tomorrow for granted. We're doing this for a reason. We got more wood to chop 
the rest of the night, all day tomorrow, till the last poll closed. And let's bring this home. I'm asking for your vote and your help and your support. But I also want you to help me welcome a great friend to our state, but also a great friend to me personally. Someone that answered every single call I made during the global pandemic. Someone that we work with in this great state of Georgia with the Trump administration and the vice president on so many great policies that helped us in our state. And I'm forever grateful for what President Trump and Vice President Pence have done for this great state that we First live in. First Trump reference. I appreciate what they did to allow us to use the National Guard in creative ways to help our citizens and to protect lives and livelihoods. But I appreciate my friend being a man of faith. He's one out there and he's one back here. He has been a friend to Marty and the girls and I. And he's a good man. And I'm glad to have him on the trail with me. Let's give a big Georgia welcome to former Vice President, my friend, Mike Pence. Very efficient. 10 minute speech for Brian Kemp to bring his campaign to a close as he stands on stage with Mike Pence. Great to be back in Georgia with so many patriots paving the way for historic Republican victory. Six months from now, when we will win back the House, win back the Senate, and re-elect Governor Brian Kemp for four more years. God, Pence has that old politician cadence. And I want to thank my friend Brian Kemp for those over the ba, da, ba, da, ba, I'm a Christian, a conservative, and a Republican in that order. And I am here to support Brian Kemp. Pence has a bit of an odd look. No tie, but buttoned up to the top button. You know, I'm here because Brian That's a weird one. a friend. Frankly, he's a friend to all who cherish faith and family and freedom. I'm here because Brian Kemp frankly, is one of the most successful Republican governors in America. And I'm here because Brian Kemp is the only candidate in tomorrow's primary who has already defeated Stacey Abrams, whether she knows it or not. There is our first oblique reference to the fact that there's an actual primary happening tomorrow. And I'm here on this eve of such an important day in the life of this state. You know, I haven't seen this many Georgians in one place since back in January when the Georgia Bulldogs came to Indianapolis to claim the college football national championship. There we go, the dogs are barking. Second sports reference. With all of you, with all the elected officials here, but I'll have to tell you, Brian Kemp called me and asked me to come out and be with all of you. I, I said yes in a heartbeat. Because during all the years of the Trump-Pence administration, I can tell you, 
There was no greater champion of the conservative agenda that we advanced with the support of the people of Georgia in Washington, D.C. I mean, with Governor Kemp's support and your support, in 48 short months, we achieved the lowest unemployment, the highest household income, the most energy production, the most pro-American trade deals, the most secure border, and the strongest military the world has ever known. We did that. We carrying a lot of weight here for Pence. The economy for tax cuts and rolling back regulation. We became a net exporter of energy for the first time in 70 years. We held China accountable. We reduced illegal immigration by 90%, appointed 300 conservatives to our federal courts at every level, including Justice Neil Gorsuch, Justice Brett Kavanaugh, and Justice Amy Coney Barrett. liberty and the right to life and the people of Georgia and your governor is with us every step of the way. In fact, it's the very same agenda that Governor Brian Kemp has advanced here in Georgia. I mean, the truthful is no one has done more to create jobs, cut taxes, restore sanity to your schools, put criminals behind bars, protect the unborn, secure your elections, or defend the God-given rights we have enshrined in the Constitution and Governor Brian Kemp. I mean, I can honestly say I was for Brian Kemp before it was cool. I was here four years ago in another primary, and I heard him talk about doing just what he did the last four years. And because of the policies that he advanced, because of the leadership you supported, for the eighth year in a row, Georgia has the number one business climate in America. But it didn't just happen. You know, when I, uh, when I first met Brian, I learned about that slogan of his. He told me, Mike, you just gotta keep chopping. <laughs> I gotta tell you, you look at the last four years, Governor Brian Kemp has never stopped chopping. He signed a billion dollar income tax cut he returned another billion dollars of surplus to taxpayers, put money back in the pockets, and even cut the gasoline tax so Georgia gasoline prices are below the national average. It happened to happen during a primary. As you just said, I was there leading the White House coronavirus task force. And we all went through those early dark days of this pandemic. But it was Governor Brian Kemp and his leadership in Georgia that made Georgia the first state in the nation to open up again and put Georgia back to work. And without all that, unemployment is at a record low and more people going to work here in Georgia than ever before in your history. Now, I just heard on my way here that Stacey Abrams says she's getting I lost tired count of hearing about Georgia being the best state in the country to do business. I think that is the third reference of you know, that quote specifically, third or fourth. Like the 7,500 new jobs coming to Hyundai outside Savannah. Stacy, you better get used to it. Because here in Georgia, Governor Brian Kemp needs jobs, jobs, jobs. You know, 
said about the economy. As Governor Brian Kemp, as you know, has stood for the values that make this state great every single day. He signed a parent's bill of rights to allow parents to root out political indoctrination taking place in our schools. He banned critical race theory from our schools for children are not imbued with what is state-sanctioned racism. And after Joe Biden promised to you know, so far, this is, in the State of the Union address, you know, what you would want from a national right figure coming in. Men to compete uh, in women's sports. If, if you notice, this is Governor all about Brian Kemp. Kemp. stood strong that women's support even, are for girls and women. Even when Pence veered into the, the record of the administration, he veered lost. right back. Governor Brian Kent took on woke corporate America and won. And for you all, and this governor passed the strongest election integrity bill in the country, you all saw it. I saw it from my home in Indiana. Big corporate America just caved in on this governor and on the good people of Georgia. And when Stacey Abrams and the MLB stole the all-star game, Brian Kent stood strong against her claims of voter suppression and Joe Biden's use of the term Jim Crow to describe a law passed here in Georgia. But now the results are in. First Biden mentioned. Early voting turnout has tripled since 2018. And thanks to the governor, it is easier to vote and harder to cheat than ever before in Georgia. Every day, he stood for all of our God-given liberties. Stood for the Second Amendment right to keep and bear arms. Passed constitutional carry, and maybe most important to me, he stood without apology for the sanctity of human life. He signed a historic heartbeat bill and said, here in Georgia, we will stand for the right to life. Today, as we gather on what may well be a new era in American history, we pray that our five justices on the Supreme Court listed in that draft opinion will have the courage of their convictions. Hold firm. We pray that they will send Roe versus Wade to the ash heap of history where it belongs so Georgia and America can have a new beginning for life. First reference to that. You know, Brian Kemp's record alone should be reason enough for you to leave from here and make plans to get with family and friends and get out the vote for Brian Kemp in tomorrow's primary. But, you know, elections are about choices. Tomorrow's primary election comes down to this. Who is best positioned to defeat Stacey Abrams and the National Democrats that will descend on Georgia in this fall's election? Well, you know the answer. Brian Kemp beat Stacey Abrams four years ago, and with your support, Brian Kemp will do it all again in November of 2022. Let me also issue a retraction. They've zoomed in on Pence. He has no tie, but the top button is unbuttoned. 
I don't know right now whether I mean, it popped up. She may up. be the weakest candidate on crime in the history of Georgia. She supports taxpayer-funded abortion on demand all the way up to the moment of birth. She supports gun control and higher taxes. She wants to give illegal immigrants free health care, free welfare, free college, and send you the bill. You know, and I did hear that uh, Stacey Abrams recently played the role of president on the new Star Trek series. <laughs> My fellow Republicans, we got to make sure that's the closest Stacey Abrams ever gets to holding that title. I think she was president of Earth. And it starts by making sure Stacey Abrams is never governor of the great state of Georgia. <laughs> Protect Stacey Abrams from the presidency of Earth. <laughs> the things are just that high. And I can tell by the enthusiasm gathered here and the support that your governor has all across this state that you know. The truth of the matter is this isn't just about Georgia. This is about America. And you aren't just choosing a candidate. What party will be in control of your state government? You're really deciding whether in this state our children and grandchildren are going to be able to stand tall in the freest and most prosperous state and nation the world has ever known. Or whether Georgia will be a part of taking our nation down the path of economic, moral, and spiritual decline. And today's Democratic Party is taken over by a radical left-wing group that literally has lost their grip on everything that's always made this country great. With the full support of Stacey Abrams, in a little more than a year, think about it, the Biden-Harris administration has unleashed a tidal wave of left-wing policies that's eroded our standing in the world and stifled the American economy. You know, frankly, Democrats have moved so fast, sometimes I think the left hand doesn't know what the far left hand is doing. It's a pretty funny line. The truth is, we're in the midst of the worst border crisis in history. Inflation's at a 40-year high. Gasoline prices are up 75%. Young mothers can't find babies for them. Crime is skyrocketing in many of our major cities. And our foreign adversaries are emboldened by that disastrous withdrawal from Afghanistan. Massive tax increases are on the horizon and future generations every day are being saddled with massive debt. But my fellow Americans, I came here to tell you, it doesn't have to be like this. And Georgia has an opportunity to set the course for America back to freedom and opportunity for all. It all starts tomorrow, and I know, I know I can read the newspaper, I know the polls look good, real good, but don't let up, don't slow down, keep chopping. And you keep chopping until we send Governor Brian Kemp on the road to victory in November of 2022. I know Stacey Abrams' opinion about Georgia. 
She said, y'all here are the worst state in the country to live. But you have an opportunity to say something different tomorrow. With a strong vote of affirmation for Governor Brian Kemp, you can tell Georgians and the country that Georgia is going to remain the best state in America to live, to work, to worship, and raise a family. Because elections are about the future. Now, there are those who want to make this election about the past. Stacey Abrams and Joe Biden no. want Georgia to embrace the failed socialist policies of the last century. They want to stifle the liberties that generations of Americans have fought to defend. But you know the future belongs to freedom. And when you vote for Brian Kemp tomorrow, you will say yes to a future of freedom here in Georgia. You'll say yes to our most cherished values at the heart of everything we hold dear. And when you say yes to Governor Brian Kemp tomorrow, you will send a deafening message all across America that the Republican Party is the party of the future. So oblique well, glancing references to the 2020 election. It's not just about us, but it's about our kids and our grandkids. You know, since we've last seen each other, I've had some new developments in my life. We moved back to the Hoosier State. Bought a John Deere tractor. And I became a grandfather for the first time. Yep, those are all the things we want to talk about, Mike. And I can tell by the looks on your faces when I said that. You know what I'm talking about. We're not just fighting for Governor Brian Kemp. We're not just fighting for the conservative agenda here in Georgia. We're fighting for our kids and our grandkids fight for the America that they deserve. An America grounded in freedom and in our highest ideals. So I want to encourage you to leave from here and make sure and get out and vote tomorrow, Georgia. Vote to renominate Governor Brian Kemp for four more years. Republican primary. And finally, I would say to you, in these challenging times, where it seems like that there's more that divides us in this country than ever before, I will tell you that I don't really see it that way. I'll always believe that there will always be more that unites us in America than could ever divide us. And chief among those things is faith. And so I want to encourage you, if from time to time you bow the head and bend the knee, I want you to do that before those polls close tomorrow. I want you to pray for Governor Brian Kemp, First Lady Marty and the girls. I want you to pray that they would have the courage and the 
conviction to carry forward this campaign and the opportunity that they've been given to do that. I also want you to pray for all the people of Georgia. We have the opportunity to renew leadership this fall in Georgia that will continue to lead and inspire the nation. And pray with confidence, knowing that, as the Bible tells us, if his people who are called by his name will humble themselves and pray and turn, he'll do like he's always done in the long and storied history of this state and this nation. He'll hear from heaven and he'll heal this land, this one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. So let's get out there. Let's support Governor Brian Kemp and send him on the road to victory this November. Well, a very efficient 20-minute speech. Less than that, actually. 19 minutes and 30 seconds by my clock. And uh, now Pence joining uh, the Kemp family. Wife, daughters, as they are now waving to the crowd here in the Cobb County Executive Airport hangar. And there we go, man. It was it was wasn't even really all that late. A workmanlike end to the Kemp campaign, at least for the primaries as he looks to dispatch David Perdue without much of a conversation about David Perdue. Our final thoughts and predictions right after this. All right, back in the car. Going to give you my final thoughts before uh, we we wrap up this trip here to Georgia, uh, as well as my predictions. Brian Kemp, I think... You know, he feels like a throwback, Mike Pence does too, of uh, just like if the America First movement is kind of new country, they are roots country. They There is a familiarity to it. There is a, an, an old timiness to the idea of Republican politician gets up, goes business, family, religion in that Neapolitan uh, order, one after another, taking every opportunity to make uh, uh, disparaging remarks to the Democrats, but in a, in a playful way or, or, you know, using, you know, their own quotes against them. It, it, it felt very safe. That being said, in a race where things are chaotic and in a world that is particularly chaotic, and people don't know if a, a recession is officially going to begin at any moment, if we're already in one. I don't think that's the the bad way to go. A very confident uh, uh, move strategically to, to never mention the name David Perdue. The only time Trump's name was mentioned was when he was being referred to as the president that was president when things were good and uh, the, the boss of Mike Pence. That being said, for 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 Mike Pence, you know, I, I 
I get the sense he's getting reps in. He is obviously going to run for president. And when he does, he's going to need to talk about the cleavage between him and Trump. Uh, The way that he spoke today, you would have thought that he was still best friends with Trump. You know, if if you did not know the context here that the the former president of the United States would uh, trade a body part to end Brian Kemp's career and, and Mike Pence probably isn't far behind then you would think that they were best friends. So with that, with that, let's get into our predictions. Obviously uh, not much in the way of challenging for Stacey Abrams, who is going to win uh, Raphael Warnock, who's going to win and Herschel Walker, who is going to win. So there is democratic governor and both Senate candidates that are going to essentially go one-on-one in November, Brian Kemp, obviously, in my opinion, will win. And I do believe he will do so over the recall threshold. Uh, I'm going to take a wild guess and say it's at 53. In fact, I'm going to say 53.5. That's that's, I think, going to be his winning margin. Brad Raffensperger, not mentioned, no appearance here. Uh, uh, they, you know, Mike, Mike, or sorry, uh, Brian Kemp is somebody that obviously is proud of his record, but uh, doesn't necessarily want to uh, campaign with Brad Raffensperger. By polling, looks like he is going to beat Jody Heiss, his challenger for Secretary of State, Brian Kemp's old job, might I add. But I don't think he will do it by the recount margin, and that means that they will go off into a, a runoff a little bit later. That's it. Ladies and gentlemen, we are wrapping it on up. Politics, politics, politics is written and recorded by me, Justin Robert Young, live from the Peach State, Georgia. Uh, you can send us an email, theyoungamerican at gmail.com. Our Twitter is bx 3 tweets. Our Twitch, when I'm in uh, uh, Texas, when I go live, is px3live.com. Share this podcast with your friends, family, and clergy at px3podcast.com. Our merch can be found at politicsmerch.com. There were a few people that, that gave me outrageous tips that I passed on to the servers in Georgia. So... Uh, I will say here, let's make sure that we get the, uh, the actual bars. Uh, Edgar's proof and provision. Hakeem, the bartender there got a big old tip, uh, as well as, uh, uh, the place that I was at a little bit earlier today, the, uh, uh, Hiram station. Uh, she also got a tip. And that was passed directly along to people who give us a one-time donation at the, one of the various places. PayPal.me slash payjury is where you do it on PayPal. Venmo, Justin Young 20. Cash app is PX3Cash. Checks are P.O. Box 1531-84, Austin, Texas 78715. And that's anything physical in the mail. Just make it out to Justin Young. P.O. Box 153184, Austin, Texas 78715. One five. Of course, you can always get our bonus content at TakePoliticsSeriously.com. It's the reason I get to do this. I was mixing and mingling 
Fox News, CNN, Yahoo News. Uh, uh, you know, I, I, I am in there with them. I am doing the same job that they are doing, but I don't have a corporate backer. I don't even have advertisers. I got you guys. And uh, uh, I try to work my ass off to make sure that you guys get the, the, the content that you deserve. TakePoliticsSeriously.com is where you can do that. $3 tier gets you two bonus podcasts per week covering all the news that we missed during our free podcast schedule. Indeed, everything that was not recorded today already went out to $3 Club members uh, on Sunday night. And then, of course, the $10 tier gets your name read at the end of the podcast like these fine folks in the Titanic $10 tier. And I forgot the list, so I'm playing a clip from last week's podcast, including V-Guard, Alexis, Neil of Neils, MC Dradio, Unsafe DB Levels, Katie, Double K Ranch, Yo Pinball Shop, Amanda, John, DP4 Bongo, Neemeister, Nick's Horseless Diner, Catherine, Persons Familiar with the Matter, and Vote Gloria Young for King of the New World Order. 100 Mile Runner, Edison, up, up, down, down, left, right, left, Right, B A start. Dr. G headphones Neil, Charles, Darren, Alex, owner of the Stronger Now Gym in Atlanta, Idris Arslandi in Blue Front and the Lenina, DL, Steven, Chad, Nomadic Terran, Diana Shrill Shrieks, Miranda Janelle, Chief Andy, Robert, Casey, Paul, Redneck Tech is awesome. David, Brad, Richard, D-Laser, Just Another Pilot, Middle-Aged Mike, who loves Frank Got Abducted, Utah, Jimmy Montana, The Jen, Adam, LD, Really, Chopper, J-Pink, Andrew, and Josh. And that'll wrap it up for us right now. No idea what's happening later in this week. Actually, no, I do know. We have a great conversation with a, uh, a man who covers terrorism for a living. And we talk about manifestos, what they mean, how much the press should publicize them. This was in the wake of the Buffalo shooter. Uh, I think it's a great conversation. You guys are going to enjoy that one on Friday. All right, that's it. Till next time, this is your old pal, Justin Robert Young, saying some shows talk about politics, others talk about politics, and still more discuss politics. But this is the only show that talks about oh. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs> Dog and Pony Show Audio.